0: Hello, um, thank you for joining us. My name is Stella Olivia Kikoya, and I'm the and editor-in-chief of the Stella Woman Magazine. And the Stella Woman Magazine is here to bring you thriving women's stories, knowledge, and experiences, so that you too can learn one or two things, be inspired, change, and thrive in your own life. We move light using knowledge, so that you can be empowered because knowledge is power. And we believe with this, we shall be able to make the world a brighter world. What better way can we make change apart from actually utilizing the knowledge of others to make sure everyone is empowered and thrived? So, today we are honored and uh, I am particularly thrilled to bring you the amazing, amazing Stella woman that's Gabrielle Shaw. And she is a, a thriving woman who has done a lot, like many Stella women. She has her career in journalism and uh, advertising, but Moved on to found her own organization that is Gabrielle Show Communications, where she has served. Uh, many CEOs, leading CEOs of um, organizations like Starbucks, Selfridges group um, chair. She has also been in communications for over two decades and has worked on a number of collaborations, powerful collaborations that UT can learn from. Uh, She has also worked as um, not only Is she working in collaborations? She has also worked with building brands, uh, sustainability, reputation of management of many organizations. She's currently also on the board of Canada and UK Foundation as the vice chair. Uh, So this woman does so many things. She is currently also leading diversity inclusion working group for the TAN Agency Network which is a powerful network. She's also a judge of uh, 2022 Sabre Awards. So there's so much that we are going to learn from this amazing woman. And for now, we want to take it over to Gabrielle. So welcome, uh, Gabrielle, and thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for sparing your time to share with us your knowledge and experiences. I know we've had this introduction and I've just cut it short, I know for sure, because there's so much about you, but we are going to learn about all those amazing things that you have been doing uh, on this planet Earth to make a difference in the world. So over to you. Who is Shaw? Well, you know, because I was doing this film,
1: (laughs) I was thinking it was more more a chat. You know, I wrote a few things down, but um, I've been living in the UK for over 25 years. I'm a wife, mother um, of two daughters. You know, I would say I'm an ocean and sustainability lover. I'm obsessed with color, travel, vintage treasure hunting, cooking. um, And, you know, from a career perspective, my career has always been very holistic in terms of it's always fit really neatly into my life. Um, I'm passionate about helping businesses grow and thrive and helping them make the world a better place through the work that they do and and their products and the communities they create. And working with female founders has always been a really core area for us. So we've always worked with them literally from day one.
0: Amazing. Thank you very much. And I think we've got so much from just that and simple background that you've been able to Put across. So, what is your background story? What was your childhood dream career? If you can give us something to bring us to an understanding on how you got to where you are today, absolutely. Um, I think I've always wanted to be creative, and I was always curious
1: about how businesses grew and how they were started. I read this silly book, but it was—I was obsessed about it when I was little. It was called The Great Brain, and it's—they're not really, I think, around that much anymore. But it was about this kid who was always creating schemes and selling things and creating little businesses. And I was fascinated with this child and I was always interested in that. You know, I had a paper route when I was little, I always wanted to do have little jobs. I was a lifeguard. I taught swimming, you know, I had endless little sort of uh, schemes that I created. And, and I think that always interested me a lot. I, my parents have always been really interested in involved in philanthropy My mother um, was very involved in an NGO that was for environmental action, and she did a lot of campaigning for women's rights, um, for equality. And I think that also was something that really made me feel from a young age that women can work, they can be great mothers and have great jobs. But equally, that also it was important that women were represented. And, you know, I always grew up thinking that I could be what I wanted to be and I would have choices. Um, and, and that I could be a really big contributor to my community and, and, and the business world, you know. So that was always something I think I felt was there. And I think growing up, I thought my parents always supported me making choices. I think they probably took a bit of a, be- a deep gulp. When I went to Europe right after university, I was only going for a few months. I, I went traveling around the Middle East and I think they thought I'd be back. I had a job waiting for me, which I did not come back to. I ended up going traveling for a year. I went and studied in France. And I went to London, which was supposed to be for a year. And of course, now I have children with English accents and an English husband. And I've had a business coming up on 25 years this year uh, in England. And so I'm very happy here and very rooted here. So, um, you know, but they always made me feel that that was something I should follow my path and my dreams. And so, um, you know, I'm really excited about where I am and what I'm doing and I'm probably giving you a whole lot of detail. I studied in Canada. I studied um, film theory um, alongside English, and I did a lot of business courses. The marketing courses really interested me. When I moved here, I worked as a journalist, and when I moved here. I worked in advertising, and I saw there was an opportunity to work with business founders and entrepreneurs uh, in a way that advertising agencies didn't do, where you sort of did Tell, told their story. So it was partly PR, but partly integrated with how the ad agencies think and plan and strategize. So I created my business out of that and, and wanting to be actually a little bit more female focused, been be, be in an environment that was female friendly. You know, still when I started in advertising, I was the only woman in my team. And that was a while ago. But you know, so that was
0: important to me as well. Amazing. That is so powerful. I think um you very lucky to have had that strong foundation to believe in yourself and to know that you can do anything that you um that you want to do so many of us i think get into that space where it is difficult to to think that we can but to have to be empowered from childhood that you can do that is quite amazing and uh, well done for all those achievements and uh Having done your business for 25 years, that's really, really powerful. So you are the founder and CEO of Gabrielle Shaw Communications. What inspired you to start this business? And what has been your experience um, or what was your experience at the beginning?
1: I mean, I think, as I say, I felt the agency model was not all that empowering to women. I think I didn't really like working in big businesses. Um, I think I was quite confident. I didn't. Necessarily, I think a lot of people fall into also opening up a business. You know, I went yes. did a little bit of traveling after I left advertising. Um, was trying to think about what I wanted to do. I picked. I was able to. I got one client that came to me wanted to work with me. Um, and at the same time, I saw a coffee shop called Seattle Coffee Company. It looked like an interesting business. Reminded me of Starbucks. I sent them a note saying, you know, I'd love to do your marketing. Can we talk? Uh, and they said, the founder called back and said, We've, we're already pitching these two multinational agencies. We're at the final stages of the pitch. Um, you know, if you want, you can come along as a wild card. We ended up hitting it off. I was working completely on my own. And it was, I mean, they're, they're big, big agencies, some of the biggest in the, <laughs> in the world yeah. that they, they were pitching. Anyway, as it turns out, um, I think I was hungrier and Wanted the job more. I wrote her a note the next day saying, "I really want to work with you, and here's why, and here's a few opportunities I thought of since we spoke." Um, and I, she called back and said, "You know, you're more t- tenacious than the others. I know that you may have things to learn, and I, and I know you've just started your business, but we're gonna we're gonna try this." And we ended up working for a long time. They sold their business to Starbucks. Got to work along people like people like Howard Schultz as they were coming into the UK as the gateway to Europe. But anyway, I think, so I think you slightly do it as you go. But really, in terms of how I started it, I wanted to create some where was a good culture. I wanted to work on work that interested me and I wanted to be particular. One of the last things I worked on in advertising was, I mean, I worked on many, many exciting things, but you know, I was asked to work on cigarettes I didn't want to do. Um, one of my last accounts was Lou Cleaner, which big business, <laughs> but it didn't interest me a whole lot. And you if, you if you're going to work hard, why not work in a subject area that really you're passionate about, about, about also with people that you want to be working with. So, um, But but in terms of how I started it, I worked my socks off. It was very exhilarating. You know, I also had this determination. You know, I've said I'm going to run this business. I had a lot of people that said, just get a job. You know, you're too young to start a business. That's not going to work. You know, it's not very safe. I mean, I had no children. I didn't have huge expenses. I figured, why, why not now? And, uh, you know, but I also was very determined that I wasn't going to fail. And, you know, there have been many moments at which a business has a crunch point and you think I'm not going to fail, but you have to remind yourself of those things. And I think from the first moment I had my first employee, there was a huge respect for what it means to be an employer, making payroll. Um, You know, it really focuses the mind, makes you take decisions. You know, the right decisions at the right time. I don't get them right all the time, but it's never been boring for one day. And maybe lots of other things. But I also think that it's kept me curious and Always thinking learning and I I don't think I'd have it any other way. Fantastic. Thank you.
0: Thank you for that. And um, I, I think many of us will have to learn about that, especially the beginning. But the fact that you showed up and you are able to push yourself and show more determination than any other is something to inspire others to think about what. what your steps are are when you're starting out and how to remain focused on what you want to get, no matter what you talked about the big names and you being the only person at that point in time but still going out to still be determined that you can actually achieve the business get the business to yourself that was great so what is the vision and the mission for Gabrielle Shaw and who is your target market so We tend to
1: work with um, businesses sort of in the either best in class, best in their sectors, sort of top of the market, and, and, and predominantly in the fairly high end luxury space. However, saying that, you know, it's very interesting. From day one, we've done work in the sustainability space, literally with our first client. But sustainability is is increasingly important to the world. I know everybody's doing it now, but we have been doing it all along. People at the luxury end of the market are able, in a lot of respects, to invest more and do more. Those big, big powerhouses, you know, that are knowing that people want more meaningful purchases. They may be purchasing less. They may not even be purchasing anymore. They may be renting, you know, so... There's a lot of going on in the entire model about how we consume things. Anyway, so for us, that's at the end of the market that we predominantly work. And a lot of what we work on is really, you know, for us, you know, if if I was to say in a nutshell, what we do, we create possibilities for our clients and we create, um, we help understand the zeitgeist and the culture and help embed those brands and the people and their vision into culture and into the zeitgeist. So... In, in a nutshell, we also help them understand the market for their products um, and how they tell their stories. And, and our job is to make those, you know, that a compelling offering for them. You know, so it's it's um, making sure they're telling the stories in the right way. Often we're very involved in how they develop their products, how they grow their communities. Um, and we have a framework that we've created over years, which we call the Brand Desire Framework. And that's a, a, pro, a formula and a sort of a process that we do to help tease out um, the truths about a business, to help articulate a, a, you know, a brand's unique positioning, a, a founder's story, and mapping out their journey, what they want their legacy to be, what they want their mission to be. you know. So in our mission, really, is to help businesses grow um, and help them do good and help them leave the world a better place um, and contribute in a meaningful way.
0: Very great. Thank uh, you. You give, you elaborate that very well, the the vision and the mission, which is so much about serving those um, top brands, the luxury brands to actually grow and, but mostly to, not only to grow, but to be able to be sustainable, leave legacies. So those are powerful um, indicators and you work so much on the position of those brands And that is really great. So I've I've been able to get clearly who you actually target. And that was um, amazing because you gave it in the midst of talking about your vision and your mission. So thank you for that. So it has been 25 years in business. Congratulations. How has the journey been for you? You
1: You know, I mean, as I said earlier, it's, it's exhilarating. I mean, it's hard work running a business. It's hard work every day. But it's also not for one second, have I wished I was doing anything else? Maybe a little bit during COVID, maybe a little bit during COVID. (laughs) I did sometimes think, but when I have had a moment to think, you know, am I ready to step away? Would I be doing something else if I wasn't doing this? And I think part of the beauty of having your own business too, is you can shape that business to things that inspire you and interest you. So we absolutely want to work with founders and businesses and products that we have an affinity with. We believe in them. We think they're doing good, you know, um, that share our values and vision. You know, having like-minded people makes our work more effective. We can do a better job. And also it makes the work for us more meaningful. And, and, you know, we want to work with people not only who are doing things that we um, admire, but also we want to work with people who like the way we work and respect us as their teams and partners to work with them. Um, because, you know, we work hard and if we're working hard, we want to be doing it um, where it's respected. And we know the work that we do also counts. That's great. Thank you. And what has been your key milestone? I mean, I think we've had a lot of ones where they were sort of, okay. uh, this is we're really doing this. Um, I've never wanted the business to be huge. I've always wanted us to work on things that be able to do big work for some of the best businesses in the world, but to pick the right work that we're doing that we can do really well and meaningfully you know i think one of them i mentioned a little bit starbucks and again this is a very long time ago but you know i was i was not yet 30 and i remember being asked to go on an earnings call with wall street with howard schultz um and you know i'm a creative person um i'm not a i'm not an analyst or (laughs) somebody and i i said to them you know i'm not um i didn't think you're gonna ask me to do this and they said you understand our brand you know you get it and of course, we could have a financial agency do that, but we want you—you you get it, you believe in it. Actually, it went very well. Um, as it turned out, we won a financial PR award for that campaign, which was, oh, wow. you know, terrific, but also slightly amusing because, you know, it wasn't something we set out to do. But it did make me think: actually, we do understand businesses. We understand wow. what makes them tick. We understand founders and how they communicate and how they can be meaningful and resonant. And. We weren't all about the numbers, but what we really were about telling brand story. So from that day in, we've always felt very comfortable in the business sphere, which sets us apart as an agency, because we can tell those stories passionately. We understand a lot about the businesses, and a business is not just about the numbers. Of course, we have to understand the numbers and yes, you know what they're what they're how they're doing in the market and you know their performance. But for us, being able to tell that much more rounded story, being able to help embed them in trends, help them be leading trends, anticipating them and kind of building that narrative is, is a really powerful tool for those businesses. Many of them want to raise money. They may want to sell their business someday. So in that instance, the business was a Seattle coffee company was acquired by Starbucks. They came to me and said, we're going to sell to Starbucks one day or somebody like yeah. them. And, you know, and, and we have a very short timeline. You got to make us famous. Um, and so understand that that's a really lovely challenge for us because they, there's a short time frame. You've got to work hard. You've got to be bold. You've got to get them to think bolder and bigger than they are, because if they want to grow, then they have to act like a bigger brand, but they also have to be nimble. So it's an inspiring thing to do. But key moments, you know, we have we like changing behavior. So we've been really involved about how people shop, whether it be how they go to something like a Selfridges, who also we've worked with them to coin the phrase for them, retail activists, to be able to. Think the shopping center you know a, a department store is more than that but it's a place that you go to be inspired and you learn you're part of your community we helped them create something called project ocean which was about um saving the seas about sustainable you know And it's been we got to work with people like prince charles and queen noor um it was a global campaign that it's still going on um today you know more than 10 years later um, in, in a different in different form, but that also really reminded us, us of how important sustainability was to us as a business. Yeah. But again, it was a big, big, big um, platform that we were creating in a really different way of thinking. And that continues with, we've been very involved in circular fashion. Um, so again, helping to drive this shift, we've we've been the real driver in terms of the brands like Her Collective um, and Cocoon that changed con- consumption in more recent years. And again, both of those campaigns we've won award- awards for, but it's really about Changing mindsets. That's a really powerful thing to be able to change the way a public does things, what they believe is valuable, but what they want, you know, what's desirable to them. Um, so being able to drive rental and moving towards a more, you know, envisioning and making desirable a more sustainable future is something we are very proud to be part of. Um, but it's also been quite a challenge because, you know, now it's now it's now it's cool and of the moment, but it, it wasn't necessarily a couple of years ago. Um, and that's the sort of bit we love to be part of that grassroots. Um, making change and help illuminating a path for others to follow. Amazing. Thank um, you. Sorry. Were you no, and, and, and you were asking about milestones. I mean, I think there's always milestones. Yeah. Um, but those are, those are some key ones for us in terms of, you know, everything is different now. How you work in an office is different. Um, how people consume products. And for us, it's always being about at the forefront and knowing what's just around the corner um, and how to anticipate it and how to get there before others and help our clients see that path and work with them on what, what products they're, they're offering. You know, I mean, that's even changed massively.
0: That's great. Thank you. I don't know if it's the same, the same question uh, answer can be, uh, can be put on your key defining moments.
1: Yeah. I think some key defining moments are, um, I mean, some of the ones were when I had first had children, you know, I, I very much advocate having maternity leave. I'm also a business owner when both of my children arrived, my first drive three, week, three weeks early, um, which wow. was unexpected. <laughs> and, um, you know, we were in the middle of a lot of work my second time round. Um, and, you know, part of me thought, gosh, I'd love to take a year out. It, it wasn't going to happen. I went back to work with both of them. But it was something that made me understand how much I liked working. But also, I think because I didn't take a big break, which in some ways I regret, I also felt like I was able to organize ways to work so that I could do good work. But I also felt like I could be a good mom and set things up. And I think I did that earlier than some, just because I had to, I had to find a way. Very lucky to have a very supportive husband on that one. Um, I think other milestones, really the big ones are making the decisions that define you in terms of your values as a business. Stepping away from a big profitable client that's high profile, Mm -hmm. which we have done, um, is really scary as a business. But it's also something if if it's a toxic relationship or you stop believing in what they're doing or if the team aren't respected particularly, you know, as a business owner, you have to be fiercely protective of your team and your time because yeah. your time is valued and respected. And, you know, we have had to make those decisions before um, and they're very scary. You know, you're responsible pe- for people's salaries and you have to work to be quite single-minded about it, but also explain to the team, you know, We know this business isn't right for us. We have to have a plan for how we're going to step away from it, what that looks like. Um, How do we do that with keeping people's jobs safe? Let's make a timing plan. And I'm very proud of sticking up for the business on some of those occasions. You know, sometimes that's just about respecting the work that we do, the hours and the value we bring to their businesses. But sometimes it's also about what's not acceptable. You know, we have draw a pretty hard line um, around being respectful to our team, especially being respectful to women, diversity our team isn't diverse. It is, everybody needs to be more diverse, but that's always been something we strive for. But we absolutely take a hard line on people who are not inclusive in their approach, you know, racism, sex, and many of those things, you know, we call it. And we make choices about working with people who have good values and we feel um, embrace our values. And, and that's probably, I guess, some of the biggest turning points making those. Um, I think COVID was also one. Um, do we keep an office? Do we not? We chose to keep our office. I think it was the right call. I hope, but it was extremely hard to get it energized and back open. Um, get people getting excited about being back in the office when they were used to working in their yoga yoga pants <laughs> and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, but we need that energy and collaboration. We're a creative business, and we, although we were very productive, we weren't creatively pushing forward. Um, but that, I think, that's been that's been a hard one. But I think also. I feel we've really come out the other side of it and I'm enjoying being back in the office and I hope the team are, but we've also benefited from embracing that work looks a bit different now and we have to listen to our teams and now we have a hybrid model, which so far so good.
0: Fantastic. Thank you. And what lessons are you able to share? I know you've shared some of the lessons, but just for um, clarity here. Uh, what lessons are you able to share based on those um, experiences that you've had?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think I might have answers, answered it later when you yeah. talk about advice you might give to your 15 year old self. Yeah. So, kind of knowing you always have a choice.
0: Yeah, I could
1: right. wind down my business tomorrow if it's not working for me. I'm not doing that. But knowing that you're empowered, that you have choices, I think is really important. There's always a way on something. And there's always also if something that really is un- unattain- you can say no but knowing that you have those choices as a first point for a business owner, I think it's really important. I think the biggest thing for me, and this is advice that my father regularly says to me, you know, as a business um, owner, I'm an entrepreneur, you know, what are you learning? And I think that's one of the most important things to keep looking at. What am I learning? And, you know, the code for him, sometimes I laugh and say, what you really mean is don't keep making the same mistakes or don't keep creating the same patterns. Um, uh, You know, I, I, Spoke to somebody last night, and he was talking about his team being back in the office. And his perspective was the people you have to ask once to do something, and the people you ask have, have to ask five times to do something. And he says the person by the third time, they're probably not going to be there for very long, you know. And that's kind of a hard line, but you know we need to be accountable. And as business owners too, you need to surround yourself by people you can count on, um, and they can count on you. It works both ways, you know. Back to the learning, I think it's about asking good questions. You know, often I say to the team when they've had taken a briefing from a client, I say, you didn't ask them any questions. And they'll say, well, but we did. You know, I said, and you didn't really ask them the questions. And we have a framework we use when we work with clients. And sometimes they say, you're asking us a lot of nosy questions.
0: Mm.
1: And we say, aren't you lucky that we want to know so much about your business so we can give you better answers so we understand how you make money. And so why do you want to understand how we make money? You're the communications people. (laughs) Because if we don't understand how you make it, what you need to sell more of or less of, or you know, then we can't really give you good advice. We want to know what keeps you up at night, you know? So yeah. how do you get into those situations in whatever business you're in? Mm-hmm. You need to know whether you're servicing a client as a professional services person like I am, or um, you're thinking about what your customer wants and how you answer their worries or their needs. You know, it's important to be curious, ask good questions, um, and always think about things, be able to spin them around and look at them from a bit of a different angle. I talk a lot, but, you know, I think it's also important to be able to listen to really listen, to be able to take a step back, you know, to be able to own up if you've made a mistake. You know, there's nothing worse than somebody who runs a business and they can't just say, you know, we could have done better. If you, hopefully you're not in that situation very often, but when you are, there's nothing more disarming than saying sorry. You know, but if you refuse to say sorry, you know, you're probably going to end the relationship in some way, whatever that is, if it's a staff member, team member, or a client. I think it's also being able to be insightful. Um, be generous with your with your time and your context. That isn't to say be protective of your time, but people want businesses to succeed. They're there, willing you to succeed in a lot of instances. I remember somebody said to me something on my wedding day. They said you'll never have more goodwill than and more people wishing you to succeed and behind you than you will that moment. And you're all there for you. And when you start a business, people are there for you. They don't always believe you can do it. You know, which you need to fire the fact that. You do want to win. You'll show them. But on the other hand, there's there's you need to engender that um, generosity. You need to be it's give and take. Um, I think it's very important to be generous with your time, and and part of that also goes along to being liked and charming. And I don't mean being a pleaser, but mm-hmm. people want to work with people they like. When yeah. people talk about our business, they always say we like seeing them. They're smart, oh. but they're also interesting and nice to be with and to spend time with. And I think those things stand you in good stead throughout your career, because I think sometimes people are quite short-sighted on some of those things. Um, oh. and, and the final one, I just say, surround yourself with good people, but just a diverse group of skills and people, not all people like yourself.
0: Yes. Amazing. Thank you. Those were great lessons. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. And what's your definition of success? I mean, I think it's quite simple
1: in the sense, you know, it's not sort of a bank balance or a, I think it's it's being healthy surrounded by a happy family. They always say you're only as happy as your unhappiest child Um, with a community that engages and lifts me up. It's really important. I want to be around interesting people that are smart, doing interesting things. Um, You know, it's really important for me to have access to nature, whether that's just walking in the park or walking home from work, Um, meaningful work and having enough, Um, enough to give back, to to have less and to, you know, to be able to have a life where I can do some nice things and travel, but you know, I, think, I think it's really about being healthy and happy.
0: Okay, and happy. That's amazing. I think that's great. Thank you. So um, this particular theme for this issue is strategies for success. So it takes a focused strategy to not only uh, sustain, but also succeed in business for 25 years. So please share with Estella Woman readers how important strategy is to you and what strategies have enabled Gabriel Show communications to succeed.
1: I think the first one is is focusing your energy. You can't do everything all the time. You know, so I think it's it is putting your energy where it matters. Um, Doing the hard stuff first is really important. I think that's something I really feel you keep having to teach and 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 not sweeping stuff under the carpet. Um, Those things grow much bigger when you sweep them under the carpet. I think it's take care of yourself and learn how to be resilient. Keeping going is the hardest, I would say, you know, in terms of just keeping going, you know, getting the bills paid, um, getting new clients, always being able to look ahead, um, having a market for your product. Uh, you got to be watching a lot of balls. And, and as soon as you start letting your eye off one ball, um, you know, some of them drop. So I think, I th- I think that was really the, the the biggest one I would say. I think you were asking me a little bit about advice, you know, so I think it would also be, you know, how do you plan your how do you plan your day well and how do you make sure in taking care of yourself, whether it's a walk or you have time to plan and reflect. But the other one bit of advice I would give there is good things come to those who ask. I'm Canadian, so I kind of have that superpower of being able to ask for things that a British person might not. Um, And of course, I know there's certain things people wouldn't ask. Um, I'm not, you know, my job is to understand (laughs) the culture and how, how the social norms would be. Um, but a lot of people expect somebody to offer something up that they've never asked. If you don't ask, you're you're really highly likely that you're not going to not going to to get the help that you need. That's
0: amazing. Um, thank you for that. You know, you've highlighted a number of things, uh, focusing on important things and doing the hard things for us. And many of us try to avoid that and try to do the simple things. And yet there are important things that need to be prioritized. That was really important, but also taking care of ourselves. Um, Is really important and uh, figuring out how to take for you, you take a walk and you're able to actually use that to reflect on the things that you need to do. Um, So, yes, definitely. All stellar women will benefit. uh, Subscribers will be able to benefit from that advice. So all businesses need to incorporate sustainability for their success and um, your organization, Gabriel Shaw Communications is an expert in this area. Please share with our our readers why it is important to integrate and position their businesses using this key competitive strategy in the market today.
1: I think it's important for a number of reasons. The biggest picture one is I think that it's the responsibility of businesses to help solve some of the world's pressing problems climate-wise. You know, the government's not just going to do it. It's not going to happen. Um, And businesses should be part of addressing those problems. And I think some of them are stepping up, not maybe as quickly as they should have been done. But as business owners, we all need to take our part. And I think there's other reasons that it's also important. We have a very different um, changing landscape for um, talent. That's important to newer people starting their careers. Um, and they want to be with an organization they believe in, believe is doing good things and that can help them make changes in the world. So I think that's also very important. And it's important that companies walk the walk. You know, if you say that the environment is important to you, then show them that. And each business, I think, especially what's important is you use your business, your superpower as a business to help make change. You know, when we were looking through, um, some of the accreditations you get for sustainability and we worked. We, we have worked with a fantastic company called Positive Luxury on telling their story. And one of the things their founder Diana said to me was, "You know, your your superpower as an as a um, a business is that you can help educate people for change." You know, she said, "Obviously, stop using the single use bottles, <laughs> but in the office, but where you can make a difference way beyond the size of your business is is that kind of." imprint on people's minds, you know, helping, helping change the way they think about things, helping, helping them through the campaigns you do, think about renting, helping them about consuming less, consuming better. Um, And that was really powerful to me, understanding that. And that is part of, you know, we want to campaign for change, want to help our clients campaign for change, build better products that are friendlier to the earth. Um, And I think it's also about getting people to think about that lifespan. Most people, I'm involved in quite a lot of philanthropic work, some of which is, is environmental. And it's very unusual for people to think beyond a really short tactical time, time span. We need to think about what world we're living, leaving behind for our children um, and future generations. So those are things that, again, I think are very, very motivating and thinking big um, and, and helping to empower change. And every business can do something. But what do you, how do you use your unique skill set, your product base, your community that you've built? to harness that for
0: change in whatever way it might be. Amazing, thank you. Thank you for that, great. And I would like to add another aspect that you, you do uh, well that you uh, manage part in, and that is uh, collaborations and strategic partnerships. Tell us more and help our readers and business women on how important this is for business.
1: I think collaborations
0: are important. And and this
1: is something I could talk about for ages. It's a specialty of ours. So in a nutshell, you know, collaborations are especially interesting because they allow businesses to access new audiences, but also to be confident in terms of allowing somebody else to represent their brand and, you know, give them a canvas on which they can communicate with the brand's audience's in a new way. So what I mean is you might be able to collaborate with an artist, you know, an emerging artist, emerging, emerging talent that, you know, for a brand that might be kind of corporate might, they might find that terrifying because they have a very set code of how they communicate their brands, but it's way more powerful than somebody who isn't you as a brand talks about, you know, what you do and they don't have to say it the way you say it. They just have to say, um, engage with it and hopefully say good things. Um, and giving having the confidence is a really um, powerful thing for people, but it also it's also uh, sustainable. You know, it allows you to cost-effectively target new audiences for an artist, for instance, and may give them a canvas. They may give them, you may you may be supporting a space for them to create, um, which they wouldn't have. You know, for them, you're giving them kudos um, in a way that they might not. You can use your marketing dollars to promote them. A lot of what collaboration is right now is about being able to be um reciprocative you know being doing good for each other and and that's really truly about partnering but there's a lot to be said you know collaborations have to be good and meaningful um if you're going to make them work and i think that's a whole bigger conversation um, but thoughtful clever collaborations can be um
0: incredibly engaging and also powerful commercially Fantastic. And do you have an example that you feel that can be powerful in people seeing uh, the benefits of these synergies? We've done, like we've done hundreds and hundreds of them. I would say
1: one might be really interesting um, would be, for instance, Selfridges, um, being able to use art to educate something like this Project Ocean where huge sculptors, filmmakers, artists take over the store Um, And in some instances, they interpreted a future beyond fish when the fish runs to extinct, which was incredibly powerful, like for us to say, you know, put in the, you know, loads of facts and figures about there won't be any fish anymore was one thing, you know, but what people really noticed was seeing it brought to life with an artist's interpretation, you know, we had something where they recreated it was instead of fish and chip fan, we created a fish and jellyfish fan, you know, um, which doesn't sound that delicious to me, anyway. It might to some people, but that was making you know it was, it was bringing to life what it what that would look like. But there's lots of different things that we've done. It might be having young young designers create um, arrange, um, you know, somebody like Bistro
0: Village we for twist to bring support young talent. But there's there's a lot of different ways you can do it. Amazing, thank you. We want to move on. So, what are some of the challenges you face doing the work that you do, and how do you overcome these challenges? I think it's about being trying to be a clear
1: communicator. That's hard. Being plain speaking is hard. Sometimes um, being able to have tough conversations, not shying away from them. And I think some of that's about setting clear expectations in the beginning. So spending the time at the beginning, if we're giving somebody, for instance, setting out a job description well, um, starting them up 12 so they know what good looks like, and that might be for an employee, but it also might be for a client you're taking on. So there aren't any surprises and you have something to reference and say, this is what we said we were going to do. And then making sure that you do it and deliver on it, getting them to also understand often for clients what that means, what that looks like, because sometimes people don't really know necessarily what good is. So part of our job is also to educate on that front. I think it's also that that I'm not shying away from being paid for good, valuable work and knowing that we work hard to do well for our clients um, and being able to say, hey, we've added a lot of value. But part of that is being good at quantifying it. And some of communications is not quantifiable, but being where you can to be able to say, look what we did and be able to be proud of that. I, I especially think sometimes women shy away from having financial conversations or they think it's a bit awkward. Um, what's really awkward is we don't get paid for the work that we do. And you know, I, I'm still not as good as I'd like to be at it, um, but being able to really have that conversation and not be apologetic about it and be prepared also to say actually if we can't get paid for the work we're doing um there's lots of people who want to work with us and there'll be somebody else who will value that work and i think the challenging you know we talked a little bit about covid and energizing te- and energizing teams i think that's really important as well being able to energize teams and also i think we we have a lot of women in the workforce so really helping women to realize that they can do a great fulfilling job but also be a great mom and helping mentor them through some of that period. Um, I think that's something that has been often challenging and something that we really aspire to do. But a, a lot of women leave the workforce when their children are young um, wh- who may not have needed to or may not really have wanted to. So that's something we've really worked to try to support, but that's also sometimes really hard.
0: Amazing. Thank you. Thank you for all of that, all the things that you do. Um, so you are an activator of the She your initiative, What is this about and what does this role mean to you as a female CEO?
1: I mean, really, it's about supporting female business founders. And um, it's a really collaborative mentoring community where all these incredible women come together to support these founders, to help fund them, but also to help them make it happen every day. And that can be if somebody says, I need help with this, it's connections, it could be Business acumen, it could be a sounding board for somebody who's struggling. Um, you know, it could be connecting them with a retailer for somebody who's got a retail product. So it's opening doors. Um, it's, it could be any matter of things, but I have a huge respect for these, these women who totally inspiring these women are creating fantastic businesses um, of all ages and at all stages in life. Um, and for me, I get a lot out of it because I love seeing these businesses thrive. Um, and the, the women
0: that are in this community, I feel very lucky to be a part of that. Amazing. Thank you. And what, in your opinion, is standing in the way for more women growing as CEOs or growing to CEO level? I think sometimes it's their own mindsets, you know,
1: getting in your own way of um, not believing you can do it. But I think it comes down, you know, I forget who said this, but a lot of research that's come out recently is one of the number one things, you know, about um, picking you know, in terms of career progression is picking the right partner in life. Yeah. You know, and and I think that's not about men and women. It may not be a male partner, you know, but it's it's about picking somebody who supports your dreams and your goals um, and being able to have those conversations at home that help you allow you support that, too. And I think that's unbelievably, you know, a a big determiner of somebody who feels they can do things. There are a lot of women that are still worried about getting home to cook their husband's food each night. And I'm a good cook. I like cooking, (laughs) but I don't, I'm not the one that cooks every night. And I think, um, you know, people have to be able to also navigate those conversations when they think about what a life might be with somebody. And so I I think that's a big one. I think it's also making choices. You can't be at everything as a mom.
0: Yeah.
1: You're going to miss some of the coffee mornings. Um, you're going to miss some of the play dates. You're going to miss some of the, um, potentially some of the plays or, 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 or rehearsals. Um, but you can be there for the right things. Um, and, um, you know, I think, um, I think also being really open to setting yourself up for success too. If again, this is not all about having families, but surrounding yourself with people who inspire you, have your back, you know, building connections. So I know when I'm struggling, I have a group of very inspiring friends. I walk with them. Um, I talk to them. I'm able to, they're not my work colleagues. They're not my family, but they're people that I can hear their experiences. And it's, a very powerful bit of advice. Sometimes they'll say, Gabrielle, you're being ridiculous. Sometimes they'll say, you've got a point. You're absolutely spot on. Or sometimes they need to come to, you know, whatever it will be. You have to work at having that kind of group because you have to give and take on that front. Um, I also think you need to think about if you do have children, how you set your childcare up well. And part of that I know is a privilege, um, but I, I never felt badly that I had other good people taking care of my children. And, you know, I'm a very present mom very present, but I felt really lucky they had other people in their lives too, you know, and I treated those people incredibly well, whether it was a nanny share I had at one stage, but, but I I felt really lucky for my children. They had some other good people who loved them. Um, but I planned it well and I had to change those plans as time, as they got older. Um, and you know, also those things as you, your children get older, there are other crunch moments. I have a daughter who's doing a level, um, whose graduation ceremony I'm going to as soon as I get off this Zoom, You know, who, you know, you have different needs at different stages, but, you you know, it's kind of thinking about what's ahead and being able to plan your life in a way that that that, that it works for you and not feeling guilty about that.
0: No, feeling guilty, is, guilt that's very important. <laughs> that's very important because we end up feeling guilty and not being able to enjoy any of the moments when yeah. I work or actually being a parent. Um, yeah, that's very good. Thank you. And um, there's a new uh, motion calling for women to support women. What is your opinion about this? I mean, I think there's a cold place in hell for
1: women who don't support women. I think that was Madeleine Albright who said that. Um, but if I'm honest, a lot of women don't support women. You know, um, they forget what it was like. And, and I'm guilty of this. Sometimes my, I think I'm very supportive of women. So anybody who asks me for a coffee, I make time for the coffee, you know, and good things come from a coffee. You know, people I've had coffee with 10 years ago, you know, call me back one day and say, hey, I want an agency now, or I'd like you to do some advisory work for us here, or just come in with interesting ideas. So just interesting people to bounce off. And I love seeing their success. I think sometimes when people, women don't help others, it's about time. I think sometimes it's also they're just focusing on getting their own stuff done because their lives are busy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to think that. I think sometimes it's also about, um, they think it was harder for them. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, things were certainly harder, I felt, than picking up my children now. With COVID, I think there is an expectation that every mother can be at everything. Um, And that's not always conducive to having a a five-day-a-week job um, and delivering um, results that are based on a five-day-a-week job. Um, But we've also learned a lot about how to embrace, you know, um, families and people working differently and all those other things. You know, some real compassion came out of that. But you know, I just think, I think absolutely women should support women. And I suppose there's ways of fostering that, whether there be buddy systems and in offices or mentoring programs. Um, It's a very fulfilling thing to be a mentor in whatever capacity that is. I've done that many times. And um, usually the person who is the mentor gets more than the mentee um, in terms of really how it works. It's a a very satisfying thing. And it helps you, too, because it makes you think of new things and keeps you fresh in skill set or industries. Right. Thank you. Thank you for that. And what future do you envision for women? I mean, I kind of would like to say limitless, continuing to grow. I equally am appalled by the overturning of Roe versus Wade in America. I campaigned with my mother when I was in high school for equal choice. You know, the right to choice, um, not equal choice, the right to choice. Um, and there's a lot of things that are actually a lot less good for women than they were. You know, so we have to be vigilant. Things are not always Getting better and improving. There's a lot of things in this current political lens are getting worse. COVID was huge for domestic violence. You know, so so. Although I am still very optimistic, I think women have so many more choices right now, um, and there's so much out there for them, and it can do anything. Um, but we still also have to have to keep pushing for change. Um, and I think that's something all women shouldn't feel embarrassed about. I know sometimes in this country, women are embarrassed to use the word feminist. I mean. Being a feminist just means you support women. That's all it is. Um, But it is still
0: something that is not always interpreted that way. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Gabrielle. Um, We are going on to um, work-life balance. You're a woman who is doing... A lot of things. Your wife, your mother, you um a CEO for a top um, communications uh, organization. You are on boards and you do all these different initiatives. So uh, tell us, um, is there anything like work-life balance for you? And if so, what is your approach to it? How do you get it all done? I think the work-life balance is really about
1: I don't particularly compartmentalize my life. I think it's about being organized. And for me, I thrive when I'm busy. So I do do a lot. Mm -hmm. I want the busier I am at work, the more I want to see be socially busy as well. I just think it's that thing, energy, energy begets energy. Um, But I do think that you need time for yourself. You know, I need to walk. I read. I read every single morning and every single night before I go to bed. I always have a good book on the go. Always. Um, I have pretty much dinner. The actually sank with my children every night around the dinner table where we get to talk. Um, I do try to have time with my husband, um, be it on the weekends. We go for usually a walk. I've got two daughters. I spend time. I have a have a coffee with each of them or a hot chocolate as the case may be each weekend to hear how the week is, what are they, what's, what's going on, how they're feeling about everything. Um, and I really, you know, invest in, in my friends. I think everybody's different. You know, I like doing a lot. Um, I, there's also a lot of things I don't do. My husband asked me about, were we going to sort out some of our wedding photos, which were from 20 years ago. And I said, when the children were in university um, or maybe never, um, it doesn't mean I don't love them, <laughs> my wedding photos, but there's a lot of things that aren't a priority for me. And I just, I pick the things that bring me kind of fulfillment and that are important. And, and I don't have huge, I'm a great cook, but I don't want to do elaborate things. You know, my friends like me and the ones that people I want to spend with, but they come to spend time with me. They may um, know that I've just rushed something together at the last minute because I was at work late. And, you know, I think I'd like to surround myself with people also would understand that.
0: Yeah. Great. Thank you very much for that. Great. How do you see yourself in the next five to 10 years? I
1: think I'd like to be continuing to work, but I'd like to probably be doing more mentoring, more advisory stuff. probably more, more, more boards, um, making sure the work is meaningful, love to travel more. My, um, my children will be um, older than, my youngest is 14, so we're not really taking off and traveling all the time right now. I'd like to be continuing to spend time near the ocean, spend more time in Canada. Um, yeah, right. I like my life the way it is, you know, so I just kind of like slightly different proportions.
0: <laughs> Great, thank you. This is just a, a new one. I wanted to know what is your work um, as you, you lead the diversity and Inclusion Working Group for TAN Agency Network. What do you actually do there?
1: Oh, and that that, that biography is a teeny bit out of date. I'm still involved in that and it was still very important to them. That was something we kicked off right before COVID. So The TAN agency meeting is actually right now in Switzerland, and I'm supposed to be at it, um, and I'm not because I'm here for graduation for my daughter. Um, So, you know, what that was about um, that I've been involved in was really making sure our agency network was more diverse, um, and that meant um, bringing people from different ethnicities into the organization, different points of view. And we sort of called it TAN Agency Network 2.0, but it was about looking to the future, You know, if you have a network of creative communities, why are they mostly white men? You know, um, and it came out of advertising. Advertising tends to be quite elite. um, And we're more on the communication side. But it was really asking those questions and saying, look, look at this room, you know, and they're also everybody's getting old, you know, who's going to be bringing up the next generation. So I think a lot of progress in that organization has been made. And I think some of it was having hard questions and tough questions about different elements of what what diversity and inclusion means. how do we become desirable to as an agency network you know reflective of the people we want to be in there so some amazing new members have joined um that have been really inspiring and we've all learned a lot from them and it's continuing to happen i think every agency needs to look at how they do that and it's sometimes hard too it's a very very tight labor market right now um despite inflation and all those sorts of things it's very hard to find good people so sometimes you have to find the person for the right job that you can find but we also have to take a couple steps back and really think also about how we look at that bigger
0: picture of making a much um, more diverse um, canvas as a business. Amazing. Thank you. So if we had to go back in time and meet your 15-year-old self, what key message would you like to give her? So I'm just looking at these
1: questions that I had somewhere written down. Um, If I I had to ask that question, I would just say, um, say yes more than no. I think it would also be about being not being, being able to be fair being able to um, know that you're stronger than you are smarter than you think, but also, and I know other people have said these things, but I think the big thing is making, make wise choices and trust yourself. Um, but also to remember to have fun, you know, it would be when in doubt, always make the bold choice, always go for the adventure. Don't overthink. You know, I left here literally on a whim, um, I lived to move here on a whim. And, and I think sometimes not having a plan is good. Um, that, that's, you know, good, good things happen when you also are in the unknown.
0: Amazing. Thank you. Uh,
1: I think she would have. Um, and I would also say she's lucky. You're lucky. <laughs> you know, she's lucky to have the choices she has. So remembering that a lot of people can find life is quite hard. Um, and you still got to remember you're coming from the place of being luckier than many.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. I'm sure she'll be blessed. Uh, so who is your ideal still woman? I think she's somebody who grabs life with two hands. Um,
1: And again, you know, she she makes it happen. I I, I think that's just, I think, you know, bold, tenacious, open to possibilities. I think being open to possibilities is incredibly important.
0: Very optimistic. Okay, open to possibilities. And how do you start your day? My husband and I call it, I I joke, I have
1: tea and a cat. (laughs) So the last 20 years, my husband's brought me Earl Grey tea in bed. I now get to have my cat. I used to be my children and I read the papers, so I'm ready for work. You know, if I can, I try to have a walk along the river, or I walk into the office, which was which is very nice. Possibly take my
0: children to, to sports clubs. Amazing, thank you. And do you have any life mantra? And are you able to share it? Uh, yeah,
1: I think I've covered a few of these things already. But I would say, make it happen for yourself.
0: Make it happen for yourself. I think I'd also
1: say, make it count.
0: Yes. Okay. You make know, it there's count. A,
1: and, and and again, I said, keep learning, keep moving forward. And I also thank family.
0: Okay, the last one. Please leave one challenge for other Stellar Women magazine readers to help them develop strategies for success for 2022 and beyond. Look at how you spend your days and your time. What
1: gives you energy? I think a lot of life is about energy, you know? And I think, I don't know if I wove that into some of these comments. People want to be with people who give good energy and need to surround yourself. But then think about what gives you energy and create your life around it. I created my business really, really thinking about what I wanted to do, how I wanted to work with who I wanted to work and what environment, what I wanted my office to look like. Um, All those things were thoughtful.
0: I love that. So we have to look at what brings us more energy, positive energy, and do more of that. Thank you so much.
1: This has been so lovely to talk to you I've really really enjoyed it you asked um the best questions I've ever been asked in an interview um, and that is why I think your magazine is so fantastic and and I'm really looking forward to writing (laughs) so um, I'm very excited about that but thank you so much for having me today
0: And thank you for sparing your time and sharing with us all um, your whole journey, both personal and your business journey to help other women to learn something. I have learned a lot personally, so I'm always the first beneficiary. And um, right now it's time to reflect on everything that you've been able to share with us and be able to dispass it to the rest of the world. Thank you
1: so much, Stella. And listen, I do have to go to this graduation, so I'm going to, um, say yeah.
0: goodbye. Thank you for yeah, having me. Yeah, thank you. And, um, uh, all the best today. All the best today. Thank you yeah, so much. Have fun. Have fun. And we Bye. catch up soon. Bye-bye. Thank Bye. You. Hi, my name is Stella Olivia Kikoyo, and I'm the editor in chief of the Stella Woman magazine. So thank you for being with us here. We bring you thriving women's stories, knowledge, and experiences so that you too can learn one or two things, uh, make a change in your life, be inspired, And thrive. So we are here to bring you knowledge in because knowledge is power and believe that knowledge can make a shift in your life.